Rodgers almost going to fall for Martinez. Antonov trying to get there. Martinez finishes to give away the match. It's an absolute peach from the Paraguayan, Miguel Almiron. Atlanta United in just their second year of existence have won MLS Cup. Fresh our final hello, sweet, sweet off-season. How we've missed you. <laughs> How we've missed you so. And now our watch is Finally, Joe Patrick, we get to the fun part of all this. This is fun? This is what you call fun? Oh, this is the most fun. <laughs> this <laughs> is the most fun we're going to have all year. Trust me. This is... At least it, it gets interesting, at least, at this point. Mm-hmm. We're going to see what happens <laughs> with this team. I guess we can't really say that, that 2022 hasn't been interesting, though. I don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> I, I was hoping for a little more excitement about this, but you seem you seem resigned to to a fate that that I'm not seeing, Joe Patrick. I mean, I'm just maybe part of it is that just like with my job, I'm like in, invested in other stuff now, just like kind of intellectually and emotionally and all that. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think every buddy who's a football fan is like interested in whether you have an NFL team or a college team or whatever, you're kind of moving on. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I feel like this is kind of rehashing conversations we've been having now for the last month or so, but I feel like I've been like <laughs> moving on from like this team because it's been, it's just kind of, you've, you've kind of seen where this team was headed now for a while. I mean, it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's, it would have been hard for them to kind of scratch their way back from, from where they were. So I don't know. I'm still kind of in the pits until we start getting some, uh, tra- <laughs> some transactions. Let's get some transactions going. Get some people. I don't want to say like uh, run them out of town, but I mean, let's be honest. Patrick, like we're gonna have to yeah. revamp this thing. That's true. That's true. The, in the meantime, though, I have a transaction that that I can suggest for the people listening. Uh, you can go to Patreon.com/slash Five Stripe Final well to done. sign up for the Patreon and join us there for the rest of the off season. We won't be doing the show on the main feed anymore that you're listening to right now. We're gonna jump over to our Patreon for the rest of the off season until we come back for a big old season preview like we did this year. Uh, in which we'll probably say something like, feels like this team could be like a fourth place team. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm, regret that later I, I, on. I really just sold it really great, didn't I? Just with, <laughs> with a, no, we're going to have Felipe on soon to kind of do a, probably a longer, better version mm-hmm. of what we're doing right now, which is kind of trying to unpack the season as best we can and, and take some of your questions. But yeah, we'll have him on. We'll have a bunch of people on. The off season's also a cool time to just like get into some different kind of stuff as it relates to soccer and things. I'm kind of considering having like a FIFA YouTuber on, I don't know. It didn't really generate that much interest, but um, I might just do it anyway for my own edification and we'll see where it goes. But yeah, it will be fun. There will be lots of stuff going on. We'll have plenty of stuff. We'll have reactions to any news that comes out. Uh, people can make fun of us for being mad about Anton walks, leaving in the expansion <laughs> draft. And then we can laugh at them six months later when, it seems like Atlanta right. United really could have used Anton Walks to stick around and not go in the expansion draft. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Joe's kind of hinting at it. There, there's a lot to get to with this, uh, but go ahead and check that out. Patreon.com slash five straight final. Check out Kurt Castle's music. Kurt Castle is our intro song and has done the intro song all year. The song is Chances. Go ahead and check out Kurt Castle wherever you get music. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Kurt, for everything. Uh, thank you all for listening. This year, it's God. Where do we even go? I'm like, thank you, everybody, for like <laughs> if going still through here, this with us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like when you invite everyone over to a party and it's just kind of shitty, right? You just yeah, kind yeah. of feel like <laughs> the band hey, didn't show thank, up. Thank, or, yeah, yeah, thanks for coming anyway, guys. It means a lot. It means a lot. Honestly, I keep uh, thinking about guys, the uh, page, the pizza party that we had. Um, that mm-hmm. was that was like so gratifying to have just to be able to. Even though it was like a, you know, watching Atlanta lose and pretty much their season coming to an end, it was great to just, it was like touching grass, you know, it was like just getting to um, be with the people. Really brought it, made it real. You guys showed up at the pizza party. You guys also showed up to the game in big numbers on Sunday. I was pretty shocked by that. There was a lot of other stuff you could have been doing, um, but the crowd, really good, I thought. Uh, for the entire game and uh, a lot of a lot of people in seats so it wasn't empty 
at all. I think they announced 43,000 showed up to this thing, which is extremely impressive for a game that meant literally nothing. We're not going to talk about it. That's that's my only real takeaway <laughs> yeah. from it. But it, it kind of reinforces I like, there, so I'm all right. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> did mean, a lot me, better job than I did. It reinforces the fact that this needs to be so much better. Right. Like, and I know that's obvious, but to have that many people show up for a game that means nothing to delete the league and attendance for this garbage mid as hell team, Mm -hmm. you know, it once again points to the fact that this should have been so much better for so many reasons, you know, and there continues to kind of not be consequences for that. And I think it's fair to ask what exactly those consequences should be, you know, all considered, but I mean, coaches have been fired to some extent, but the front office has kind of stayed the same. And the one person who like left left because they got a promotion to go like aid in human rights abuses. So, you know, the consequences haven't really been there. And it's just frustrating, I guess, to take that all in and, and be like, okay, well, we're going to, to the next thing now. And the same infrastructure, the same people, are also there. Yeah, I mean, like, honestly, well, everybody just wants it to be better product. And um, obviously, there were lots of things that played into that this year. We've been through them a million times, all the injuries, of course. But, you know, with Carlos Bocanegra, it's like, you know, a lot of GMs have been fired for a lot less, frankly. And it's not for me, it's it's not about like. I need a scalp for this bad season. (laughs) Um, But it's Mm -hmm. like you want something to change in the hopes that it improves. But if you just keep it the same, if you just keep everything in place, you can't reasonably expect anything to improve in a major way. Now the record could potentially be, you know, if, if all things stay in place, the record could potentially be better. If you, you know, stay healthier, you know, maybe you have some good transfers or whatnot, but um, I think we all know, like for the long term success of this club, there's going to need to be some some major turnover. And I think a lot of people are thinking about Carlos Bocanegra right now while I'm talking. But I think that you know, on the roster, um, there's also you know, like a guy like Joseph Martinez as a as a designated player. I don't know how tenable that situation is right now. And you know, I asked Carlos point blank in the press conference that they held this week, like is there a future for Joseph Martinez at Atlanta United as a designated player? And, you know, he didn't answer any of those questions about Joseph. Funnily enough, he seems to have like talking, talked to a lot of people except for, <laughs> except for um, having talked to Joseph yet and talked about his, mm-hmm. his situation. But yeah, I mean, there needs to be change for sure. Yeah. Gonzalo Pineda and Carlsberg and I held there in New York press conference. Uh, it was Tuesday, I believe. And there just wasn't a lot to take away from it, to be totally honest, that, that we haven't heard already in the sense that like, OK, we understand that the team kind of gelled culturally. And I think that's probably true. I've gotten that indication from players as well, Great. you know, but, you know, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of the only thing you can point to. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And you just kind of keep getting that. You just kind of keep getting that. Like the team has electrolytes. That's what we keep getting, right? Right. We understand. I think, I, I think something that people are afraid of is like, okay, they gelled culturally. Like, what culture are they gelling around? Like a losing culture, <laughs> like a, a culture where like it's, it's okay. Yeah. Like, you didn't score any goals, but you had a two xg or something. You know, like that's. And Carlos Bocanegra used that one again in his press conference, talking about like referencing the um, the most shots or you know the most so and sos. But that doesn't matter. Like, that's not why fans necessarily come to the stadium unless that's part of, you know, a winning, successful venture. And mm-hmm. that's got to change. So. Exactly. Y'all know this stuff yeah. already. We're, we're, we're going to scream into the void here. Did, did we have any other kind of takeaways from the press conference? Uh, it was a whole lot of, well, we're going to we're going to talk to those folks in just a little bit here. <laughs> And nothing really definite. The only definite thing I think we really got out of it was that Ozzy Alonso will be back next year. Sounds like, which it. like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you had an option on a dude making a vet minimum. Yeah, and like, and and he's great friends with with Gonzalo Pineda. Like that. That's that's kind of all we got. Well, I think we should talk about you know like expectations for some of these players who are coming off of these injuries, um, because there there's no guarantee that Ozzy Alonso is going to be 
a capable player. I mean, I think that he will be on a, on a minimum salary, like a senior minimum salary. He'll be worth it regardless because of his veteran experience. The fact that he can basically be a coach um, Mm -hmm. as well. So for him, this may not be, you know, as pertinent, but you know, I think it's important to consider how these players are going to return off of their injuries. We talked to that. um, I don't want to, apparently he's not a doctor, but uh, some sort of medical expert person about Achilles injuries this year. I don't, I don't, I don't remember his title, um, but he said he was like, you know, he told us point blank. He was like, yeah, it's, Achilles are uh, pretty devastating for an athlete in terms of like ever regaining the same athleticism back. <laughs> we had the mm-hmm. same response after that, after that uh, episode, like, oh crap, like it's not going to be, but so um, I was talking, I was I've, obviously I cover the Falcons now. And um, last week we were uh, up at flower branch talking to the defensive coordinator, Dean Pease, and they have a defensive back who's coming off an ACL tear. And, um, they're like thinking about activating him. They can like activate him at any time, basically. But he's, he's back practicing. He has been practicing for a while now, but um, he's back and he's close. And so somebody asked him a question, you know, like, what what is what is his name? It's Isaiah Oliver. What does Isaiah Oliver bring to the secondary? Or like, what, what, what kind of what are his strengths? You know, et cetera. And you think from a coach, you get, well, he's a he's a, you know, fast and athletic and can do this and that. But he was like the coach was like, honestly, I don't know. I don't know what he is. I know who he was before the injury, but I've got to see him practice. I've got to see him perform a lot before I put him in a game and put him in that situation. And it's kind of cold, but it's honest, you know? And um, I think that that's something that everybody needs to be aware of. Cause we've seen it with Joseph Martinez. And I just think that he's pretty clearly not the same player and will never be the same player that he, that he once was. He obviously had a particularly difficult issue with his knee, but you know, I think it's just something everybody needs to, to consider. Like Miles Robinson isn't going to just come back um, at the beginning of next season and just be the same guy that he was necessarily. We hope he will be, but you just don't know that. So you got to prepare for those uh, contingencies. Yeah, it almost feels in some sense that it's almost easier to do that at center back than any other position. Mm-hmm. At the very least, Aaron Long came back from the exact same injury this year. Probably should have been a comeback player of the year nominee i don't think he was because the voting came out for that today for all the MS awards and it was insane <laughs> i don't know if anyone else has ever watched mls it's, it's unclear at this point <laughs> but it's a good sign right aaron long was good aaron long was a leader on a playoff team and that seems like a, a decent indication of where we could be potentially Hopefully. with miles but you're right it's not a given it's not a yeah. given and brad gazan especially isn't a given you know there, there's a whole lot of uncertainty when it comes to that, but they'll be back next year. It seems like, so I just feel like people think about injuries like, um, like it's a FIFA game of FIFA or something. And it's like, once they're done with their injury, you get them back and they're, mm-hmm. and they're back to what they were. And sometimes that is the case, like with Aaron lawn. Um, but sometimes it's not. So it's just, that's something that's kind of been lingering around in my head. And especially with Joseph, it's, it's really tough because he's a designated player and that that slot is so valuable, kind of infinitely valuable almost mm-hmm. for the team. There have been rumors that the league may expand to a fourth designated player spot. That seems to be a pretty iffy report at this point, but it is something to kind of keep in mind. Uh, have we talked about this? Have we talked about no, we whether haven't. or not having Joseph as one of four DPs makes it a little more palatable than having him be one of three? Because I, I thought about this. And I was like, oh, yeah, it definitely does. But then I went, well, we went from 33% of your DPs to 25% of your <laughs> DPs. Did that really get all that much better? It, it probably makes you better against like the middle tier of MLS, but like against the mm-hmm. top teams who are going to use all those spots to their maximum efficiency. You know, it's mm-hmm. not. And this club wants to be at the top. You know, they don't want to be doing what they did in 2021, which was like sneaking into a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So exactly, yeah, it's tough yeah. to kind of bring your back around to the press conference, though. I mean, there was no indication from from anybody that anything seemed definite. Joe Patrick, you, you kind of mentioned already, but you weren't at the game when we were in the the locker room. We, of course, were trying to talk to Joseph because we were supposed to, right? That's our job. Mm-hmm. And he said pretty firmly, "Carlos is over there. Pineda is over there. Go talk to them." That's wild. It was uh awkward 
it was awkward. I have no way of sugarcoating it. Yeah. In any way, it was intense. It was kind of like when you see someone get mad at a party, <laughs> you know, or like a couple Whoa, get in, a fight dude. in yeah. public and it's like, ah, okay, <laughs> yeah. everyone's going to go back to, to minding their business now, but this was weird. Thanks, guys. Um, it was kind of like that. Uh, there's Joe Patrick. I, I I read this. I read your ins and outs column mm. on DSS that you do with Rob Ushery, mm-hmm. but I can't remember what percentage did you have <laughs> for just Martinez I, returning to the I, team. I think I think I said it was eighty five percent chance of leaving. That um, seems completely fair to me. Yep. Yeah, completely fair. I mean, again, this is kind of just based on talks that I've had with you know many people over the course of like the last year or so. Um, it's just, I just get the feeling that the club is just kind of ready to, to move on. I really feel like they need to kind of start a new chapter again, we talked about this on our last episode, but um, that involves a lot of things. I think it involves kind of rebranding the team to an extent. I mean, Joseph Martinez has been the brand of this team in so many ways. And so um, I think they've got to figure that out. It's very interesting that he like he said, like Carlos is over there. Pineda is over there because it seemed that makes it seem like he kind of has some beef or that relationship is not as good as you would maybe. hope it would be. I don't yeah, know. Maybe, maybe. I think maybe, he was just pointing maybe. towards towards figures towards leadership power. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, yeah. I just don't think he wanted to talk much. Yeah. Um, but it's hard for me to see him back. I mean, it, yeah, I've, I've, I've said it for a while. Like I've said it for a while that, you know. The club isn't big enough for both Carlos and Joseph, but I honestly just think at this point now, it's not even that. It's just like, got to wipe the slate clean, kind of with both mm-hmm. of them, to be honest. Well, we should mention this. The Obviously, Joseph didn't start in this final game. Uh, he comes on at halftime, plays a full 45 minutes. People were up in arms about this. And again, I want to come from a place here where I say that I understand. Yeah. I get it. I understand what Joseph means to this club. I'm like 99% sure I started the build the statue bit that caught on. Like I get it guys. I get it. Trust me. I've written more words about Joseph Martinez on the internet probably than anybody. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that's untrue. Uh, At least as far as like glowing profiles go, all that kind of thing. I get it. I do. However, (laughs) if the dude started that game, I'm not sure he was going to make it more than 45 minutes. And what is more of a catastrophic end to things? Is it Joseph coming on at halftime and playing out the rest of the game and trying to to score to, I don't know, keep the team in a game that didn't really matter? Or him starting the game and having to come off at halftime because he simply just doesn't have the legs to, to last that long. That's yeah. where I was at with that. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know what people are really expecting from him at this point. (laughs) Yeah. I think, you know, I've been talking a lot about this um, with regards to the Falcons actually um, with like their quarterback situation they've got going on. But like, I feel like a coach has a fiduciary duty to everybody, the fans, the players on the roster, the front office, everybody to put out a team that gives them the best chance to win a game. And the second that you start like making decisions based on anything other than that is the second where things can really start to unravel. And I just don't think it's fair to other players to like put a player on the field to at least, especially to start that doesn't give you the best chance to win or is not the most deserving of, of being there. Now, you know, lots of times star players are put in the starting lineup. They may have not have trained the best on the team, but they've done so much in their careers that everybody, you know, mostly has confidence that they are the best person to start. But I'm I'm with you on this. Like, I, I totally get like you want to kind of have like the, the moment of him being able to start this game when you are kind of assuming that it's going to be his last game. You want the moment of him being subbed out and getting the standing ovation from the fans. But you know, I keep going back to that, you know, Gonzalo Pineda when he was talking about after he suspended Joseph and he was like, you know, I'm not going to put the the culture of the the club 
beneath, you know, any player, even even Joseph. And so I think it was I think it was the right move. But I again, I totally understand people wanting to have seen Joseph start that game and and kind of getting their moment. I, I hope that they were able to applaud him, but it sounds like he didn't kind of, you know, walk around the state walk around the oh, field he did. oh did he, did he? well that's good yeah. well at least he, he got did. that then did the whole team yeah, do that because exactly. no, i mean that's kind of like part, a, yeah. Okay. yeah joseph took his time to kind of go around and, and clap everybody well, and everything like that mm. well that's good and probably a sign seemed like a proper ending yeah. you know if it was that i'm 90 percent sure he ended the 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 season with the captain's armband because every time he came on the field he got the captain's armband uh because Things just weren't as bad as they were made out to be, quite honestly, uh, at least in the sense that like people were, were at each other's throats or anything like that. It just, you know, um, relationships end. Y'all, <laughs> I don't so, know you, how else to put it. You know, some people might say, well, look at the goals that he's been scoring. I mean, he maybe he, he does give us the best chance to win because, you know, you know, overhead kick goal against New England. It's up for goal of the year in MLS. He's scored pretty consistently down the stretch but i'm with you like just he can't last like the fitness the the stamina isn't there so it's just it's it's sad and it's hard and it's awkward when these things happen in sports but you know time comes for comes for everybody including the blivet kit r.i.p in pieces (laughs) you piece of garbage (laughs) You piece of garbage. That was the last game we ever have to see with that thing. I am happy. Joe liked it. That's fine. I, but I'm Slimming. happy. Slimming. Yes. Uh, that is part of the offseason, though. That, including all the turnover, we get to to potentially go back to a, a uniform that actually looks uh, a little more like it, Lady United, which I'm, I'm excited about. I still think that's the key to everything, Joe Patrick. And I have labeled it. I have labeled the Blivet kit as the Hosetu stone. Uh, so that like if you really want to understand what went wrong with Atlanta United you have to look at the Blivet kit and read from that <laughs> anyway there's a whole lot of stuff to get to this off season we're going to talk about all of it right now in business time business time Joe Patrick we're kind of run through this as quick as we can. I have a piece up on the striker.com that you can run through. That should be a pretty decent resource for you to kind of keep going back to throughout the off season to be like, okay, well, what's happening next? Should I be worried about this? Is this the next big thing I need to, to kind of focus on? Um, so hopefully throughout this off season that you'll be able to go back to it and use it as a resource until then though. Uh, don't, don't get too hyped up about this team changing on a dime really really quickly in the future because there's about three more weeks before anything can even happen the team will continue to practice through mls cup miserable pra- those gotta be the, just the most miserable practices yeah, what ever do? like, like what, do you, what, what are you doing you know <laughs> it's weird that teams even are like allowed to do it to be honest but okay how depressing sure. yeah probably won't be this any like player who started a ton of games this year they'll they will not practice i'm sure i would think yeah they got a week off this week to kind of decompress and then I don't know. It'll be like Rondos with like Machop Chol and Jackson Conway. You know. Emerson Hyman. Yeah. And Emer- yeah. Well, frankly, I don't think Emerson's gonna show up, to be totally honest. Mm. I mean, he hasn't been in training since July. Something like that. Wild. Just like Which is crazy. To think about. Yeah. He picked up a uh, a knock to his quad and then disappeared for four months it happens question mark <laughs> uh we'll talk more about emerson in a little bit when we get to the the folks who are out of contract uh, after mls cup though there's a two-day trade window on that monday aka i think the greg garza window yeah that's Did you right. remember greg garza getting like traded crazy mls cup parade <laughs> yeah oh my gosh sad uh, we actually have so an interview sad. with greg that, that touches on that if you want to go check it out patreon.com slash five stripe final um it's a two-day trade window we could see some stuff there we may not but don't get too worked up if you don't there will be more opportunities to trade players and all that kind of thing but you know what it wouldn't be a bad pr move for atlanta United to start off the offseason with an immediate trade to send marcelino moreno somewhere or something like that you know <laughs> just get the ball rolling we'll see we'll see we'll see if atlanta United even has a club president at that point 
All right. Uh, there's an expansion draft. Don't worry about it. Atlanta Knights protected because they lost Anton Walks <laughs> last year. Still, they already sacrificed that. to the expansion <laughs> draft. <laughs> exactly. So St. Louis City SC can't steal it from us. Uh, there's some deadlines for offers and options. That's on November 14th at noon. Again, you can keep track of all this better at striker.com. But let's just kind of run through this and look at who is out of contract and who has options and talk about what might be next for those players. Alex John is out of contract. Alex is a really good dude. Everyone seems to like him a lot. He's on like a minimum salary. Is he your fourth choice center back of the future? I don't know. Don't you, you don't Probably need to not, you right? don't need to prioritize him. If you could come back to him later, if you fill out your you know the bulk of your roster and you still could use a center back and he's still available, then yeah, then you do it. But no need to tie up any resources to him immediately. So I'm sure they'll let him go. Marsadic is out of contract as well. We talked about this before, but we think Amar should be back. Yeah, and I'm I'm hopeful, hoping that they can. Uh, announce some sort of contract extension for him or a new contract for him because yeah i think they should again he doesn't need to be your starter at midfield but he's a good piece to have he would be a supplemental roster spot guy i'm sure so yeah um joe patrick emerson Heinemann is out of contract from my understanding this isn't like a big scoop or anything like that sounds about right looking at looking at the press release and it says contract through 2022 <laughs> i think we'd been asking like a bunch of questions about that no one seemed to know the answer and i think i asked gonzalo about it and he didn't know the answer and then i searched emerson Heinemann contract <laughs> and it ends in 2022 um that is 675k off the books joe patrick that helps uh, that's that's a big big salary for a guy who is altogether disappeared from the team who only played i think about 34 uh starts and his three year, three and a half year tenure. Yeah, that's wild. With Atlanta United. Uh, that's just not good enough. And I'm just, Being healthy is also a skill. And I'm just thinking, I'm probably uh, the majority of those starts were in 2019, like the year the, that he came, mm-hmm. 2019, 2020, before he got hurt. And then, yeah, that's, I'm looking right now. He's made uh, what? He made two starts this year, seven in 2021. That's right. Gabriel Heinze really loved him. 16. Okay. Yeah. He got hurt in 2021. I'm sorry. So I got my years mixed up there, but yeah, I mean, he's been basically a wall. Yeah. So I would not expect Emerson. I'm back next year, which frankly, you know what? You clear up a little log jam in midfield and, and you get a, a hefty contract off the books. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah. There was no transfer fee for him either coming in from what I understand, mm-hmm. from what I remember. So kind of no blood there. <laughs> aside from uh, the intervening it, years. Exactly. Uh, Interesting thing here, Aiden McFadden's out of contract, technically. That is interesting. Right? Because he was signed uh, from the twos to the team through 2022, through the end of this season. Is he a guy is he a guy they can make like a bona fide offer and he has to that contract has to be accepted? I don't know. I don't know. Very good question. Where it's like a bona fide offer is like 125% of his previous contract. So basically a hundred, a 25% increase and in mm-hmm. potentially, I don't, I'm not sure how his Elaine, I had two contract uh, interplays with all that, but yeah, no, it's a good question. We didn't get a chance to really talk to him about it at the end of the year. Um, yeah. I would expect know, him to be back, back though. Yeah, I would expect him to be back to yeah. get time with the twos, etc. cetera. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, Mikey Ambrose in the contract. Uh, probably gone but i don't know people love mikey it's kind of like i don't do you get rid of mikey <laughs> seems rude i would not be surprised to see a press release about mikey ambrose like signing as a coach uh with like a yeah, you totally. know doing like taking the kevin kratz route kevin essentially because that's yeah. basically what he's, he's been more of like a mentor this year for caleb than anything else really ozzy alonzo has a club option we already talked about that he should be back Raul Godinho has a club option for 2023. I would be very surprised to see him back. I would too. Maybe these last few games made them think that he could be a, a backup option for them, but he's still an international. And so that's the main reason why I, I don't see him being back. You don't want to waste an international slot on a guy who is your backup to, to Brad Guzan. Mm-hmm. Juan Parada 
has a club option to extend his loan through 2023. That seems like a no-brainer to me, and yep. I think Gonzalo has indicated that as well. Yeah, yep. yeah. If, if yeah. Gonzalo's already talking about it, then yeah, yeah. Uh, Bryce Washington has a club option. He has like three club options through like 2025. I imagine they'll just exercise that. He's a homegrown, uh, and they'll keep letting him develop most likely for this one it just comes down to like how many homegrown slots they have occupied and how many i mean there's an unlimited technically but just like roster so like he still takes up like a roster slot mm-hmm. uh and so if they have other players they want to insert in uh, in place of him then i think he could be an option like i don't think he's he's done very well with the twos from what i from what i understand it's not like he's like showing out at least so mm-hmm. um yeah we'll see we have a we have a couple curveballs here, but I'll hold off on those to the end. We'll okay. go to these two first, though. Yep. Rocky Rios Novo, uh, it's the end of his loan uh, from Lanus, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's probably the last we've seen of Rocco. Probably. I, I highly, highly doubt uh, he, he comes back. Um, there's just no there's no evidence that he can compete at this level at this point, and you don't need to keep messing around with it. I would not be surprised to see another MLS team sign Rocco. Um not to be their starting goalkeeper, but just because he's a non-international. So he's kind of a perfect candidate as a young goalkeeper to bring in on probably a cheap transfer to be like a backup and continue to develop him. But Atlanta United has a couple young goalkeepers who are mm-hmm. probably in better like stead, uh, at least like with you know playing for youth international teams and stuff like that. Vicente Reyes, Justin Garces. Um, Garces apparently suffered a, a injury this year, so... Uh, you never know what happens with that, but yeah, it's hard hard for me to see Rocco back just with the circumstances at goalkeeper with this club in particular. It's the end of Ronaldo Cisneros' loan as well. I could not find anything that indicated that there was like an option to buy or anything like that, uh, from my understanding. Interesting. What do you think about this? What, do you, I mean, do you think that like even if he did have an option, I'm curious as to what they would want because I feel like. For as much praise as Cisneros got this season for being like this energetic striker and everything, like he just like there weren't oh, that many great performances. Does he have an exception? Yeah, there's a purchase option. There is. Okay. What is it? Before the end of the loan. Does I don't know it what say? It is. Okay. I'm not sure if it's been reported. Okay. I still, I'm just like, I'm not that, I have not been that impressed with him overall. Like if you have a blank slate, you can do a lot better, you know? So why not? Yeah. Again, but Atlanta I think, was deep at backup striker this year. Yeah, right. Exactly. I do think he's like a good clubhouse guy, you know. Um, so for mm-hmm. that reason, maybe um the club would be interested, but it's gotta be for the right number. I think that's I think that's what with Cisneros, it just depends on how many resources are you actually investing in a player like him. If they have any plans to put him on the wing, they just need to not do it. Yeah. They oh, just need yeah, to like yeah. slap their own hand here yeah. and, and tell them to not do it. Yeah. Um and really, if they have any plans to start him at striker in capacity, uh, that should yeah. not be the plan. Yeah, his role should specifically be to play the last 20 minutes of games where you're winning 2-0. You know, mm-hmm. like that. he's that kind of player. The, the Jurgen Dom role. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see here. Okay, th- these were the interesting ones. Uh, per the MLSPA, there are two Atlanta United players um, who you might be surprised to hear are, are eligible for free agency. There are four Atlanta United players eligible overall but these two are really interesting miles robinson and brooks lennon both listed by the mlspa as eligible free for free agency because they have options on their contract this year they're they're signed technically through um a later date mm-hmm. options for this year mm-hmm. from my understanding miles feels obvious yep you're, you're not I, gonna get rid of him i agree capacity yeah brooks though it's not a obvious. little less, right? You're, right, right, right. Exactly. Because just because of the salary that he's on, what is it? 500 K I think mm-hmm. that he was on this year. That's a lot. I mean, that's, that's like pretty top level, like right back and in MLS and he's been good. I do think they ultimately will trigger this option because at the very least he's tradable. You could get assets back for him. Um, but I agree with you. It's not like you do it in your sleep kind of thing. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. But I, I think you make a great point about him being a tradable asset, which is something I don't think I considered in the article that I wrote. Um, I mean, if you hold on to him, I mean, someone's going to want, someone's going to look at all those key passes and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. not examine what those key passes looked like and be really eager to, to get them some Brooks Lennon, I think. 
Um, that's not the dunk on Brooks. He's been serviceable this entire time. I have questions about his defensive ability overall still, which I don't think we talked yeah. about Did, enough. He, um, he almost seemed more effective later on in the year when he was playing as that winger on the right when Louis mm-hmm. was playing on the left. Like it, but do you want him as a winger? Probably not, you know? So I don't know. Probably not the winger, right? right? Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And considering that Ronald Hernandez has been totally acceptable when mm-hmm. he's been in and has never really got consistent form mm-hmm. even though he seems to like score every time he plays for venezuela <laughs> at this point mm-hmm. uh, I, i'm interested in that that's 300k a year that we're talking about and, and when a, and when you down. signed brooks lennon he was kind of replacing julian gressel who was kind of an attacking right wing back in a back three kind of system that you had at that point gonzalo pineda i was actually kind of i noticed that when he was talking in his press conference he said um I asked him a question about, uh, and I was like, don't, you don't need to, like, I'm not curious about, like, what formation you're going to rather out there. But he said, he, like, referenced, like, in a back four. So it really sounds like he wants to stick and stay with, like, a, a back four, like a 4 3 3 or a 4 2 3 1. Mm-hmm. So is Brooks Lennon the best option in that system? He seems like a tweener, you know, because he really does seem like a true right wing back. So we'll see what happens there. But I, I'm, again, I'm sure that I, I think that they will trigger the option just so they have control over him. And one more thing. I think that Gonzalo Pineda values his kind of locker room guy contribution as well. He's a, he says the right thing, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I'm extremely interested to see what happens there. I'm extremely interested to see what happens there in part because Jeff Hatching, we can talk about this now. There are some really interesting options out there in the free agent market. I listed a few here. This isn't the full list. You can check out the full list of free agent eligible players uh, on the MLSPA website. And consider the fact, too, when you're looking at that, that some of those players are listed because they have options. It's not the end of their contract, right? But for players that are at the end of their contract that, to my knowledge, have not signed any kind of extension, there's some really solid options out there for Atlanta United in a way that there haven't been in past years in MLS free agency so far to date the biggest MLS free agent signing in MLS history has been Albert Rusnak last year Mm, Uh, he scored like three times this year Uh, it was not super ideal for Sounders in a year where things did not go extremely well for Sounders except for like five games in a tournament that was the biggest one up until this point that's probably going to be like doubled quadrupled this offseason, there are a whole lot of really talented players uh, in MLS for agency that that could be available if they mm. aren't signed uh, before then, right? Uh, and speaking of right back, I mean, uh, talking about replacements for Brooks Lennon, Ryan Hollingshead of LAFC uh, is a possible player who will be out of contract and a free agent. He's been phenomenal for, for years for FC Dallas, now obviously with LAFC. Uh, Anton Tinnerholm is coming off an inter- injury uh, with NYCFC, but when he was healthy was like a defender of the year caliber right back mm-hmm. uh, best 11 caliber yeah. right back yeah and then joe patrick our friend franco escobar is going to be out of contract as well it would appear uh and be a free agent but i'm just saying i'm just <laughs> putting it out there right um so if you do get rid of brooks Lennon, there are other options out there potentially on, on the market uh, which i just find interesting I just find it interesting. It is interesting. Uh, I can't remember. Does Franco Escobar have a green card? Do you remember? I want to say yes. Yeah. I think I kind of feel like I kind of feel like initial group eventually ended up with it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that is interesting. I know that Henry Higuita, um, new writer here at uh, Dirty South Soccer, wrote about Mm -hmm. mentioned Franco Escobar and his um, transfer potential transfer targets for Atlanta United in in defense. So um, that isn't that is an interesting one. Uh, I don't know. I, w- I wonder if he would have an interest, <laughs> you know, because sometimes right. <laughs> when a player leaves, it's like they can't stand it, you know. Um, yeah, I'm just looking up and Franco Escobar did get his green card. So there's an option de- there for you. Definitely. Like a lot of times with these situations, a club will like kind of want to swap in and out international players and non-internationals. So obviously Honestly, it's one of the benefits of Brooks Lennon that kind of adds to his value is the fact that he's not an international. Um, so, yeah, Franco Escobar could be a guy. I got a few more names I want to throw out there. Sure. Just because I find them interesting and can see how they could potentially fit in. Or I just think they're good at soccer still. Um, we'll start at the bottom of my list. Uh, Toronto FC midfielder Jonathan Osorio 
might be available. I'd be shocked kind of if he left Toronto. Uh, Sporting KC center back Andre Fontas did not have a great year this year, but was very, 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 very very good. He's like the number one ASA center back uh, two years ago. Uh, A lot of that had to do with his passing ability. I think he broke the MLS record for touches. Uh, but if you were looking for possibly like a cheaper version of Alan Franco, maybe possibly yeah. uh, to just kind of be that distributor out of the back, I could see Atlanta United finding that interesting, right? Um, Aaron Long, this has been a kind of a, a much discussed. Now that would be interesting, well, <laughs> which would be very, very interesting to essentially have the USMNT's like first and right. third choice <laughs> yeah. center back together. Yeah. Uh, it's good branding at least, and we know Carlos loves him some USMNT, uh, so. It, it, just throwing that out there. We're just That's, we're just throwing it all out there. That last little bit that you just mentioned is a great thing to note that the U.S. men's national team connections with Carlos Bocanegra signings. So special special shout out to that one. Uh, let's, there's a couple other NYCFC players. Uh, we mentioned Anthony um, Center Home, but there's a couple other as well. I want to mention real quick. Uh, Atlanta area native and one time Atlanta United player. Yes, that's real. You can look this up. Uh, Sean Johnson, goalkeeper, uh, potentially out of contract at the end of this year and a free agent. That, Joe Patrick, is extremely intriguing to me, but there is the the Brad Guzan-sized elephant in the room. Another guy, Henry Gita mentioned, uh, but I wouldn't be against it because I really think that... I think the club needs to... Again, you remember what we were talking about earlier in the show about kind of preparing for making contingency plans in case players Mm -hmm. don't come back from these injuries as well as you thought. I'm a little bit skittish. I mean, I hope Braggazan does come back at full strength, but I just can't like convince myself that that is going to be the case. And so I wouldn't mind seeing Atlanta United just like signing a center back or a goalkeeper. That's going to be your long-term goalkeeper for a long time. Yeah. The only thing is there, you're spending a lot of money on goalkeepers at this point. Other teams are getting much, much better value at goalkeeper at that point. But at least, you know, I mean, at least it's Sean Johnson. You know? I mean, yeah, you're right because of the salary can't the the cap impacts. It probably I mean, makes more sense free, to bring a big goalkeeper next year. But still, yeah. those are those are big salaries for yeah. goalkeepers. Yeah, um, you would have a lot a of allocation. Uh, uh, you would have a lot of allocated resources uh, tied up there in a in one position where only one person can play. Uh, we mentioned Aaron Long and Andre Fontes as center backs. The best center back on the market, though, it looks like will, will be Alexander Kyens. For NYCFC, he was at a defensive player of the year caliber level for the first part of the year. And then I think he got kind of hurt and NYCFC dropped off in general um, and hasn't quite been up to that standard, but has been really solid throughout his career. Um, and the last one I want to mention is my personal favorite, my personal favorite in all of this. And this is going to be, remember when Joe Lowry came on the show and said, I don't know. What if they just like got Ozzy Alonso mm-hmm. and then it happened like a week <laughs> yeah, later? Yeah. This is going to be Legendary mine. I, think. Pull. Yeah. This, I hope this is mine anyway. Uh, Derek Etienne Jr. is a winger for the Columbus crew, a very pure winger in the sense that he makes runs in behind and can make things happen. I had a breakout year this year. He's 25 years old. Uh, scored is he nine really goals. only 25? I feel like he's been around he, forever. He's been around a while, right? <laughs> uh, scored nine goals and six assists. On the season, his salary was 175. Wow. Wow. Um, so compare that to the Luis Eruzzi, who made way more than that and only had four goals and five assists, whatever. Um, so <laughs> um, if you were looking for a more traditional winger, which I think Atlanta United should absolutely be in the market for, and if you're looking for a proven MLS value, uh, that could be an option. That can be an option. He shouldn't be your only pickup and everything like that. He's not going to save the attack, but um, it's a interesting option i think at the very least so yeah remember that yeah for sure all right joe patrick uh there's some other goofy stuff there's re-entry draft thing the there's re-entry the draft, draft stage two <laughs> uh yeah there's two stages of it don't ask don't ask but keep in mind joe patrick do you, this is you why you, this is why you can't play football manager with an mls team because of all this right here um you don't know the answer to this but i'm gonna ask it anyway joe patrick do you know who the number one pick in the 2020 re-entry draft was. I think I know. I think I know this. I think I know this. Do you really? I think I do. That's impressive. Was it Mikey Ambrose? No. (laughs) (laughs) I was so confident. I was like, who was it? Joe Patrick stepping up at the plate, just like (laughs) me mugging the pitcher. I just spat dip on the plate. (laughs) No, uh, Joe Patrick, it was Andrew Gutman. Oh, well. 
Lanny and I had actually traded with at that's, Cincinnati to, to move up to that spot. That's right. I uh, picked up Andrew Gutman, loaned how, him to Red Bulls. How could I have forgotten? Him back. Um, so God got a piece about I'm Andrew pissed off. On the <laughs> Andrew, got a piece about Andrew up on the striker as well profile. I talked to him and his uh, collegiate coach, Todd Yegley from Indiana. Um, but yeah, so don't sleep on the reentry draft, Joe Patrick, but maybe maybe take like a light nap if you want to on it. I'm, I've now pulled up Mikey Ambrose's Wikipedia page. He was selected by Inter Miami in the first stage of the 2019 MLS reentry draft. Ah, okay, so I'll give you that. And he I'll was first. Man, <laughs> I was so close, but yet so far. So far away. So far away. The good news is we aren't far away, Joe Patrick, from a quick break. And before we get back into the show, and as soon as I can get it pulled up, here we go. This episode is brought to you by Lucid FC. That is Lucid Footwear and Clothing. They have a shop in Buckhead that's open by appointment from walk-ins to one, from 1 to 8 p.m. every day at 3209 Paces Ferry Place. You can use DSS as your season-long promo code for free shipping in the United States if you go to their website, lucidfc.us, and buy literally anything. You can buy anything and get free shipping if you use DSS as your promo code. They've got new releases every Thursday, so check them out. And they're also doing a lot of stuff around the World Cup. It's crazy that we have the World Cup coming up here in like, a month um and so they're gonna be doing stuff follow them on social media where they will be um posting everything they're doing from events and whatnot at lucid fc basically anywhere on social media instagram twitter wherever um definitely do that so you can stay in the loop and uh maybe maybe we'll be even doing something i don't know we haven't talked to them or anything but we might do something with them at an event or something because we love we love events so um yeah check that out check them out on their website buy something and again use dss as your season-long promo code i like the shirts the shirts are nice they've got great great graphic tees big fan of the stuff uh big fan of y'all for asking questions all year we'll start with this one from kurt castle who, who starts us off with a little bit of a lighter one i don't think i structured these in any way so we'll just hustle through if we need to it's already been kind of a long show um, Kurt Castle says, "Asked us last year, but would love an update. Assuming everyone's healthy and playing at their peak, what's your all-time Atlanta United best eleven? Joe Patrick, has that changed in any way this year? Gutman. Gutman is the only thing I, I would change mm. as far as like he's the he's to that. he's the left back, probably. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. You could, there are so is many it, ways. Is it you, a back three. It roll. No. That's what exactly what I was thinking. There's like no. you. Yeah. It, do you go back three or do you go?" So if you go back, I'm just thinking center backs. I think you do go back three because I think you got to put LGP Miles and Parky. Oh, and Parky in there. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's oh, a we saw Parky in the game. We got to talk to him for a moment. Uh, he was just oh, kind the, of at the last game. He was just, yeah, he was just at the game. He was nice. chilling, just nice. hanging out by the locker room, um, and was here to to do his thing with Greg Garza. Uh, so okay, nice. Let's go see Parky. So yeah. Gutman left wing back. You've got that back no. three. The goalkeeper is Gazan. Right wing back is Gressel. Mi- yes. Midfield is Nagby and who? Uh. Oh. <laughs> uh. Could you do? Could you? Could you? Like, could you do Nagby and Almada in a in a in a two in that in a? Maybe. Because I just forgot. I, I'm, I totally I'm just trying to figure Almada out where to put. Maybe, I feel like he's right? going to be in here. Could we do? I mean, honestly, like it's Maybe probably Joseph, Miggy. Tito, Miggy, Nagby. Yeah, it's, Tito is hilarious, but he <laughs> is like a top five winger in, in MLS all time. <laughs> Shout out to football. Yeah, that, that's what I'm rolling with. Joe Patrick, I did before Kurt even asked this question. I, I did sit there for like five minutes today while I was writing the Gutman piece and just kind of imagined him and Gressel playing fullback on the same team at the same time. And it was... Um, it was magical. It took me somewhere. <laughs> it took me somewhere. It's its closest to like Trent Alexander Arnold and, and uh Andy Robertson on the in MLS as I can like imagine. Right? It'd be dope. Who anyway. are we missing? Who who who's the who's the player that we're leaving out of this that people are gonna be very mad about? <laughs> Jeff. Maybe. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We love you. I mean, you're definitely on the bench. Are we forgetting anybody? I don't know. I feel like it's pretty terrible radio, yeah. but I, I can't remember. Yeah. 
Yeah. Should have so thought about this us. before and then email us. Tom Boger at MLSsoccer.com. Yes. Email us. Let us know. Um I don't think he has his email set up yet, actually, <laughs> so don't do that. <laughs> Jake Plunkett says, uh, when Louise bombed that ball 30 rows up in the waiting minutes, uh, did you let out an audible groan? Hands up, silent resignation, checking NFL scores. Um, I think I was like watching like Columbus and Orlando at that point. But I did look up in time just to see Louise take one last pot shot and it landed like 20 rows up into the gulch, into the supporter section there. And I did send something out at the time. I was like, well, that's that's just a perfect bow on all this. It is the worst no feeling. Nuts. It's the worst feeling as a fan. Hell, even as a journalist who just wants to watch a good game. Uh, it's frustrating. Uh, is it weird to you, Patrick, that Louise has kind of avoided a lot of criticism? Is it because he's like super likable? Is that it? Probably. Can, can I, you smile your way through anything? <laughs> I think I honestly, I think mainly it's been because some of the other storylines are just like more tantalizing mm-hmm. or on top of mind, particularly Joseph. Um, yeah. Who outproduced Louise Arusia this year. Yeah. By a considerable margin. That's wild. That's wild. <laughs> uh, he's got till summer in my book. Or, I mean, honestly... Joe Patrick, real quick, I, yeah. what are the odds that Atlanta United enters this offseason with three available DP spots? Open? By the end of just it? like not, <laughs> like like I, like three, no DPs. Joseph John enters, or ends up at some point in this offseason with Joseph gone, Louise gone, Almada gone. Two of those seem very plausible. Add that third one in with Louise, I, I'm not entirely sure, but it's not out of the realm, right? it's not i feel like the team could like if they didn't have a dp they would be like oh let's make um some player who like like marcelino moreno or somebody like you could let's just like make him a dp again just because it opens up that slot it makes him free and then it just gives them more space to like sign a non-dp or something like that well i'm not Um, saying they're gonna sit on their hands i'm saying like those players go out and they fill those three spots with three new players oh i see what you're saying i see what you're saying yeah very very possible i would say yeah. very possible i just don't think that anybody would come in for louise is the only one i don't think either i think yeah. you would do it i think if basically if somebody gave you your money back <laughs> you would <laughs> you would you would do that deal at this yeah. point um yeah, I, think I think but louise it's more likely good. i think it's more like he can oh he definitely can i think you it's know? more likely that um, a team would come in for him in the summer. That's when these European teams have more money mm. to work with because they have the kind of fresh budgets and it would give him some time to potentially get into some form. You compared Louise to Josh Smith the other day. And I've been thinking about that. It's yeah. like pretty spot on because his shot, shot selection is just so bad, but he's so gifted athletically and on the ball. Yeah. They're like, um, what if you just got closer to the goal? <laughs> yeah. Like that's the whole thing. What if you just got closer to the goal? Figured out, Louise. Yeah. Um, let's see. Logan the Shogun says, since Gutman can play every position on the field, doesn't also make sense to see if he can be club president and technical director too. I believe he was uh, National Honor Society at Indiana University. So, I don't know. Maybe in the future. Uh, Pineda Head 17 says, give us any Braves postseason predictions. Uh, I went I went Tuesday and they lost. That sucked. I had a bad day. Uh, I'm but, spooked yeah. by the Braves, man. Um, yeah? I've got a, I got a bad feeling. I just don't like it. Oh, interesting. Either way, like the worst case scenario, I end up crying into my World Series champion. <laughs> right, sure. exactly. <laughs> exactly, so exactly. I'm not I'm not too amped up about it, although playoff baseball has a way of just drawing you into extreme bouts of tension. Mm-hmm. I think they get it out of this series, though. Uh, this series, I think they do end up winning it. But I'm just kind of, you've got this like Strider situation. You've got Ozzy Albee's situation. You just have like, I feel like you've got more things you're trying to fight through and piece together guess, then. but they won they won last year without Acuna that's true so. that's definitely true ah, but I, I feel, like, I feel like I feel like yeah well I, I hope he does I mean if he does and he's just back to what he was then I would feel a lot better so maybe maybe some of my uneasiness will be resolved here in the next few days I hope so I think they probably lose in the CS though that's my guess right now that's my prediction what if, if, the, predict what if the Padres beat the Dodgers that would be crazy I've been wondering it's I've been wondering that was a big win last night uh, shout out to, to Rally Goose anyway <laughs> Every, no one understood what we just talked about 
<laughs> Curse of Kid says, which players do you think can say they had a relatively good year? Uh, they list Sadich, Almada, Wiley, and Gutman. Can we add anyone else to that list? Uh-oh. All those. Dwyer? Um, Dwyer had a, like, yeah, a better Yeah, 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 definitely Dwyer. Else. Dwyer definitely overperformed, I think, anybody's expectations of what he was going to provide. It's, talking about a tradable, a tradable asset, I think that they should trade Dwyer. Like, he... If I were an MLS team that was very close to like, you know, I would want a player like Dwyer um, to be able to come off the bench and score goals. And I would pay for that. Like if I was if I was a team that was very felt like I was on the brink of a championship. Um, Anybody else? I wish I don't have the roster in front of me. So if I was looking at each individual name, it might. Oh, actually, I've got until about a week ago. I would have said Santiago Sosa. But we yeah. haven't even discussed that. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's because I have tried to block that out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Or, or it's just getting jumbled in with the rest of the nonsense that happened this season. Santiago Sosa suspended three games for using a homophobic slur against New England. Uh, I think we can probably we all know assume, what he said. Yeah. We can probably assume, right? Which oh, we're not going to get into like most of the, the contextual things around that. The, the plain fact is he's been here for two years he's been through all the trainings he's seen all of the issues with it uh he knows better and he knows he knows better and real real dumb and just a, a perfect capper to, to a lot of the season honestly yeah, to, yeah to i do know that I, and when i saw that i was like, yeah that's exactly what i thought i was like yeah perfect and Great. now they're gonna have yeah. that going into next year he'll be suspended for the first two games of mm-hmm. the regular season so yeah um, I am looking at the roster and I do not see any other players (laughs) (laughs) that overperform. Oh boy. Okay. Even like Edwin Mascara, I would say like he didn't really do anything. Yeah. Cisneros maybe be the only one. Maybe at one point I would have said yes, but now in totality, no. So ATO Greg one says, would you rather wait to fill DP spots until the summer or even next winter? given the sporting director situation. I'm okay with waiting until a little bit later until the president is installed and everything like that. You don't have to hurry on that necessarily. Right. Uh, windows are pretty, pretty flexible in MLS for the most part. Um, but yeah, it, you can't wait around too long. You're not going to wait till summer on this. It's a, it's a recapture of the fan base at the beginning of next year or, probably don't do it for for most of the year you know yeah you don't have time to waste time i wouldn't be surprised if they go if they start next season without their full allotment of dps um it's just one of those things where it's like if you don't have faith in the front office to make that signing then you don't want them to make that signing or or if you have an expectation that they might not be there long term do you want them making a, a transfer that's going to be a long-term piece um well, if you don't have that, then what are you doing waiting around? Yeah. You know? Well, you just don't have anybody in place right now. <laughs> I would. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of this depends on how soon they fill the president role, essentially. Um, Which, who knows? I don't have many expectations, really, that they are going to fill that soon. And by soon, I mean, like, in the next month. Like, I think it. I'm I'm putting my over-under date at, like, New Year. Like, as to... The 50-50 point. That's when the new right. president will be in. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty spot on. I would um, rather wait, personally. I would rather not. I would rather go in instead of just like taking shots on some <laughs> Brazilian guy. Well, hopefully you've been planning for the last yeah six months or so. Yeah. Knowing full well that Almada Mata might be gone. Knowing full well that Joseph is probably gone. Like, hopefully you've been planning. Even if you aren't sure if you're going to be around next year. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I speaking of Kurt Castle says when Carlos Bocanegra says he's proud of the processes, the direction, the systems in place, is he being defensive, blindingly arrogant, or just trolling us? Um, what else is he supposed to say guys? Like we, we know what this is. I think he probably knows what this is. There's only so much you can say, right? What's a good answer at this point? Besides I am resigning and <laughs> donating all my money back to the team so they can buy a really expensive DP. Like there's <laughs> nothing that's going to pacify anybody. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I mean, the whole press conference seemed to me like him just trying to get through it, like get over, you know. Just. Which, yeah, man. Filibuster <laughs> my way through this thing and get it over. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Not going to blame you for that one bit. <clears throat> one bit. You know, I was thinking like this is the time where it's like. <sighs> I almost wish he would just like sit down with some journalists like yourself or Felipe or Doug or somebody. And because then I feel like you would get some actual more honesty when you're like, you know, just sitting in a more intimate setting, talking with somebody instead of a public kind of performance like this press conference was. You know what I mean? I pitched that story. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm, I bet a lot of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet a lot of folks have. Yeah. Uh, Kristen says, any good gossip on candidates for the team president position? Please don't do a Boca and say the obvious or delusional unless it makes us feel good. For absolutely nothing as far as uh, the, the president's position goes. They're not down to finalist. I'm not even, have they started interviewing folks yet? I don't even think that's necessarily happened i don't know i don't i don't know where they are in terms of interviews um we don't know i would say that you know greg outer for dirty south soccer wrote a article that convinced me on a candidate which is will wilson um uh okay. executive with u.s soccer he came in in 2020 and kind of like he's been the ceo of you of u.s soccer when they've the u.s men's national team has turned around not that he's necessarily like that like he shouldn't get credit necessarily for that, but um, he was part of it. And he's just got a long list of credentials that really qualify him for the role. Like he's not, he would definitely be more in the eels category of president where he's not, uh, he has a lot of contacts, you know, he's got a lot of networking. He's not a guy who would be controlling the roster, but he's got a legal background. Uh, he's got a contract law background specifically. So he's got like that kind of thing going for him. He's British born, um, but has worked. He's worked in the NFL. He's worked in uh, NFL Mexico, worked in. He's lived in Argentina. He's lived in um, Germany. So he's just got a lot of uh, like kind of life experience that would make him great for the job. And he just left U.S. soccer in this month. All noted. Yeah, all noted. So, so say the name one more follow time. Follow that up. Yeah, Will Wilson. <laughs> Will Wilson. All right, sounds good to me, Mr. Wilson. Uh huh. <laughs> um, Tony said, "Listen to Boca's accountability answer." Um, real quick, ask Boca just about what yeah. accountability looked like, and um, I don't really even remember what he said. <laughs> it wasn't really the answer <laughs> to the question. Um, anyway, he says, what information has been released about our scouting department? Uh, because I asked a couple of times about the, the scouting department to both Gonzalo and uh, Crossbow and Edgar, because I think if you can look anywhere with this team to where things have maybe gone wrong, it's with the players they brought in, right? Um, what information has been released about our scouting department? Do we know what and who it is compromised of? Like, is it just John's Johnny Specter? Good old Johnny Specter. <laughs> um, <laughs> is it just Jonathan Specter, or do we have more people? There are more people uh, within this group. That includes uh, the analytics department, which is like we talked about before. It's it is just one person right now. I'm sure an extremely gifted person, uh, but it is just one person, which is smaller than some of the other departments around MLS and a lot of the other more successful departments. Um, I don't know. I don't know everyone's name off the top of my head. I will point to Tom Marshall uh, as being a bright spot. I think this year uh, in a time of need, uh, Tom, who was a Liga MX journalist for a long, long time, came on as a scout. I want to say beginning of this season. Yeah, I believe and so. He was for with ESPN. You've probably read him at some point in time. No, definitely. Yeah. Um, and they so, made a lot of great signings out of Mexico from like great the depths of, of like teams. Yeah. yeah so from nowhere. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like players who weren't you, even you don't playing. Find, you don't find Juan Prada <laughs> right. and Ronaldo Cisneros without someone deeply, deeply entrenched yeah. into the world of Liga MX. So uh, that was the biggest bright spot for me. And I want to give them credit for that. And it's good to have those kinds of people in your network, like in your totally. scouting department. You know, um, it's not we, like we get we talk about analysts a lot and analytics a lot. And I think that that's definitely a part of it. But it's also, you know, you also want to have just people who have really kind of had an in-depth look at a lot of different clubs um, in an, you know, kind of intimately. So, yeah. So, yeah, um, I still think there's questions to ask of, of what kind of job they can do and how successful they can be at it going into this offseason when they need to make major moves. But we'll see. We'll see. Joe Patrick, let's end it there. Anything else we want to say before we get out of here one last time on the main feed? 
before we head over to patreon.com slash five strike final. Yeah, you probably won't hear from us for a while. Uh, if there's like major breaking news, like the president signs or something, we will probably come back onto this feed and do a podcast to update you. Um, we'll probably make that available. For, well, yeah, we'll put it on both platforms, but we will be on Patreon um, doing at least one podcast a week all, all off season. So definitely join us there. Uh, I will give a shout out on Dirty South Soccer. We'll be doing some kind of player reviews. Um, we're um doing some world cup coverage as well so we'll have like daily world cup recaps and previews and stuff like that i'm sure a lot of sites will be doing that but you know we really appreciate the dirty south soccer community just like being able to chat in the comments and stuff like that based on stuff that's going on so keep an eye out for that as well and uh and just everybody have a good uh off season have a good ha- have a good summer <laughs> right i feel like we're signing Cats. your books yeah oh <laughs> uh, man um man this was a what weird do you have one. to say yeah this was i don't think it was fun was it was it hasn't been fun for a while here (laughs) no it really hasn't i'm glad you're here with me through this joe patrick thank you to you i don't think either of us could have done this alone like i would have given up yeah uh thanks to everyone who read like the the year zero version of the striker we'll be back next year hopefully uh with even more stuff um thanks to y'all for listening I don't really know what else to add, but I sure am glad this year is over. Let's get out of here. Bye, y'all.